Chelsea fans, welcome back to another edition of the Lab for Matthew Harden podcast. I'm your host, Shane Holcomb. Thomas Tuchel's Blues bounced back from a run of tough times in the Premier League recently with an astounding 2-0 victory over Tottenham Hotspur at Stamford Bridge Sunday afternoon. Something that we've seen deja vu with the Blues over and over again, the fact that we did kind of dominate that first half, but nothing out of it goals-wise. Come out of the break. I don't know what Thomas Tuchel said in that halftime break, but they were firing off and two goals. And I think it was the first 10 minutes of the second half. Um, and, and it was just a great night at the bridge. Great to see people smiling again. And three points was necessary. It really, really was going into a break. I think the next Premier League game we play is actually in a little bit under a month from now. So we got some time away from that competition, but great confidence booster going to the international break. And I'm even more excited than the results today to be speaking with Pat Larson, one of my great friends and someone who's so great with not only his content, but also his support for aspiring content people like myself. So I'm really excited to have Pat on here. We laugh a lot with one another, Pat, and I'm looking forward to having a lot of fun today. How's everything going, man? Thanks for coming on. Shane, I appreciate you having me, my man. I'm absolutely buzzing off that performance. Uh, it, it was, as you said, three points was much needed, especially going into the international break. And with big competitions like the League Cup final, the Carabao Cup final, the, the Club World Cup, and you know, moving on in the FA Cup, then a really favorable run of fixtures coming up for the club to go into that international break with, a, with some confidence and really playing with a bit of swagger today. A la a little Hakeem Ziyech type swagger, uh, re- you know, really, really good stuff and good performance today. And I'm, I appreciate you having me on. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we were kind of talking before we pressed the recorder button today, Pat. It's like when Chelsea win, where do we start? Right. Because like, but this is the best type of podcast, you know, reacting to a victory because it's more of a conversation, not like a bar. And that's when these best episodes come out. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you today. So, I mean, where do we start? I mean, coming into this game, you know, Chelsea, of course, have had a bad run of form in the Premier League. I talked about this with Charlie Eccleshare last Friday. No wins since Boxing Day, Pat, um, in the Premier League, almost going a month without getting the three points. And I think it was seven or eight matches. So we've said this, we're probably going to say this over and over again, but I mean, the victory today was vital and the team looked up for it, Pat, didn't they? I was really excited to see even in the first 30, 40 seconds of the game, you know, I think it was the Kaku who had a chance early on and the team just came out. They, they knew they had to win. Of course, Spurs lit probably a little bit more fire into their butts and just a great performance all around. Just good to see the team come out with that emphasis and that focus to go out and score a goal because we really haven't been seeing that the past couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was good to see us playing with a lot of energy out, like out of the gate. Uh, the, the game against Brighton midweek, I thought that we looked lethargic. And in fact, Tomas Tuchel said that in his post-game interview for that match, that it was the first time he saw us where we looked tired. And in this game, I'll use this as an example, Mason Mount. Mason Mount was, you know, you know, like breaking the lines today with his passing, with his running. And, you know, Mason Mount is best, right? Whenever he, he also, he's part of the attack, but he'll also drop back and play like an eight. And he, and he was doing exactly what Mason Mount does best today and bringing that energy and playing those balls in. And as you referenced, we could have honestly scored, you know, really early, but I'm not going after specific players here. We, we know, we know what people are going to say on the TL, but just collectively as an attacking unit, we were not taking, 
taking advantage of our final pass, our final cross, that final shot that we needed to, you know, get on the board. And in the first half, it kind of felt like more of the same. We dominated. I mean, other than that, uh, that goal, that, that goal by, uh, and I say that in quotations, that goal by Harry Kane that was rightfully called off because, you know, Tiago Silva is a genius, but um, it, other than that, I thought that we dominated the first half. And the only thing that was missing was that was just being clinical in front of goal. Mm. Get this, Pat. We talked about that Brian performance, right? And the lethargic, especially from the attack. This was the same front four that played that night, Patrick. The same front four. When I saw the team sheet, I mean, let's just react to um, the announcement of the lineup. I was kind of nervous because it's like, okay, this didn't work only four days ago. What's going to be different tonight? And oh my goodness, you talk about Jekyll and Hyde, Pat. I mean, this is the same front four that put on probably one of the worst attacking performances I've ever seen against Brighton, but they looked like they were determined to bounce back with all that energy. I mean, just, just click that for a second. I mean, this is the same front four. I had the same uh, concerns that you did. And I think frankly, a lot of Chelsea supporters did. I mean, you can't tell me the majority of, of Chelsea supporters were clamoring for Lukaku and Hakeem Ziyech to start this game. I mean, we were calling for Timo Werner. We were calling for Kai Havertz. We were, you know, even maybe calling for Christian Pulisic because, you know, Cho for all of his quality has, you know, not shown a lot of confidence in front of goal. And he's, he's been very timid about going at players one-on-one and his shot has been atrocious in recent weeks. So, you know, you have a lot of people saying he shouldn't play again. We get the same type of things with every player and everyone's got, there's certain people that have agendas for certain players on the TL and we all know how it works on Twitter. It's, it's, it's all, it's never going to change that way, but yeah, I mean, I, I certainly was surprised to see the the front four and Tomas Tuchel, I guess, saw something that he liked or he wanted to try to build a chemistry, but, you know, with that front four. But it was completely different, like, as you said, Chay, in terms of they were playing with a little bit more confidence. I didn't think to start with the Calum Hudson-Odoi, you know, play, started with confidence, but he grew into the game and really put in a good performance because we saw when he went at, you know, at, at Jotha Tanganga that, what, the first time he goes at him, what happens? He goes around him. He pulls him down, yellow card for Tanganga. And another time, he's, he's the one that helps set up that. I know, I know we'll get to it, with, but that unbelievable world-class goal from Hakeem Ziyech. I know we'll get into that later. But I just felt like the, the front four played with a swagger. And even, even Lukaku not taking chances, I still thought he was better today than he was against Brighton. He was more involved with the play. Yes. Is he still lacking confidence in front of goal? Absolutely. And does he need to be finishing those chances? 100%. But I did, and I'm not trying to make excuses for him as he paid the money to score those goals. So we have to expect that from him, but he did get more involved in the play today. And I thought that, you know, collectively there was a bit more chemistry than we've seen in recent games from that, that, from that front four. So if this is what we're getting in terms of building a chemistry, I have no problem with it, but it's, it's about building chemistry because, you know, when we're chopping and changing every, every game, we can't reasonably expect that they're going to fire on all cylinders. And, you know, and that, and that goes for the whole team. That's from connecting the midfield to the attack. Um, You know, why do we think our defense is so good? Because most of the guys get a get a consistent run on the side. Antonio Rudiger's in there every week, deservedly so. Tiago Silva, when he's fit, is in there most every game that he is when he's given a break. So and deservedly so. So, you know, it's about 
building that chemistry and it doesn't happen in a game. It doesn't happen in two games. It, it, ha- it happens after with familiarity. And I think maybe I'm, I'm not speaking for Tomas Tuka here, but I'm wondering if that's what he's maybe doing, but it's speculation on my part, of course, but it, like you said, it was kind of a Jekyll and Hyde performance today because they were so beyond frustrating against Brighton, but uh, were, I, I don't want to say clinical, but they were much, much improved, uh, you know, today against uh, what I consider to be, you know, at least would still a better side than Brighton on, you know, overall. Patrick, you keep on doing this to me, man. You took the world right out of my mouth. I mean, I was just about to transition to the fact, you know, maybe the one thing that Thomas Trickle was thinking was, okay, I got to start building chemistry with this attack. I saw a stat the other day that Chelsea have changed their front three, front four the most out of any team in the Premier League this season. And I think that's what Tuchel is trying to build here, especially going forward, because it's not like our midfield has been bad recently. Our defense has been stout. We just can't score the goals. And I was talking to Matisse on our Twitch show the other day. I was like, I'm sorry, Matisse. I'm predicting 0-0 because where are these goals going to come from? You know, but we've been nice from set pieces today on the counterattack and possession. I think our buildup play was so much more crisp today. We have struggled in the past with having so much possession and not being the most creative. I think we saw a better combination of the two today. And I think that is what Tuchel was thinking was like, okay, I can't change this front four again. I mean, because it's not like we can criticize one specific attacker, Patrick, because none of the rest have been good either. You know, so I think that's definitely was on Tuchel's mind. And I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth, Pat. So, I mean, I, that's hopefully going forward too. These four players have some chemistry and they're building relationships with one another and building confidence going forward. I think that's the most important thing for the Chelsea side at the moment. So let's start about those attackers and that, that especially that playing the first half because I think the crisp pass and the looking for the three balls and behind the runs that the likes of Hudson doing, especially Mason Mount, I think made the whole game, especially in that first half. No, we didn't get the goal, but we played really, really well. So let's talk about that at the moment, you know, before we, of course, had to give props to the defense because there's a lot of players that need to be recognized today, Patrick. Let's talk about that front four because in that first half, they looked fluid. It looked like they were clicking. I know we didn't get that goal, but there was chances all over the place. You know, Conte was probably the happier of the two managers going in at the, at the break 0-0. What are your thoughts on, you know, just coming out fast? Because I think that Chelsea recently, especially Patrick, have had to – kind of they haven't really played well especially shown enthusiasm until they had to have to react to a goal that they conceded but now today they start on that front foot which is something we haven't seen in a while it was great to see them not having to wait for the other team to score to finally play yeah exactly i think we were proactive instead of reactive i think you make a good point that like for example we used the game against city it wasn't until city scored and i think you even made this during one of our you made this point during a twitter space we had that we didn't really make that reaction we didn't really react to that um we didn't really start showing attacking intent barring the odd chance but from lukaku until manchester city scored that goal and we didn't have a sense of urgency to score it was almost like we were ready to take the draw and even though we needed to win in that game to stay to have even any you know, slim chance that we might've still had in the title race and against Brighton, we should have shown more intent, but I, I didn't feel like we, you know, showed, showed that urgency to score that we would, that we needed to 
Um, yeah, obviously, obviously there was that there was that solitary, you know, great goal by Hakeem Ziyech. But my problem was we didn't build on that. You know, it was a, it was a good goal, and we we got a little fortunate that Brighton's keeper, you know, kind of kind of was caught, was kind of caught off guard. But after that, we didn't really do anything to try to, you know, close out the game because that's that's always been a a complaint that I've had with the Chelsea side sometimes is that we don't close games out. We'll get the one goal and we try to hang on to the lead. And today I felt like, you know, we got that, we got that uh, first goal in the second half, but we didn't slow down because Hakeem Ziyech almost scored again, but for a great save from Hugo Lloris, uh, you know, he, you know, Ziyech could have had a brace and we had other chances. And then, you know, like you said, within, you know, within that same 10 minutes, uh, Tiago Silva getting a, getting a great goal off of a beautiful Mason Mount free kick. I felt like we were ready to close the game today. And I don't know if that was a, a case of we're playing Tottenham and it's a rivalry, or if it was a, if it, if it was a halftime talk by Tomas Tuchel, but that's the Chelsea that, that we need to see more of. And, and it's going to be very important in the upcoming games because we don't play, you know, a top, you know, like we're playing the likes of like Plymouth in the FA cup. We're going to be playing like Burnley in the league. We're going to be playing in the club world cup. So these aren't your cities. These aren't your Liverpools. These aren't your Tottenham's and, you know, teams, teams like that. These are, these are games where we have to be playing with that same urgency. Like we are playing those teams. I mean, I think that's a great point, Pat, the fact, you know, we've seen games such as Burnley at home, Brighton at home, where we have scored that first goal, even a couple of nights ago. And we haven't been able to put the second goal in the nail of the coffin, you know, eight minutes separating those two goals tonight and really putting it on onus on Tottenham to finally come forward. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, Patrick, but I was completely shocked the way that, you know, Conte approached this game today. And I know traditionally, and this is his style, you know, so of course it teams on the counterattack, especially with the likes of Hunman Son not being available for him. But, you know, to have so much confidence coming off that Leicester City victory the other day, I thought Tottenham would show more enthusiasm going forward. And that just wasn't the case today. Um, and, and, you know, after those two goals, though, then they had to react and they started to play a little bit more better and a little bit more effort going forward. But I mean, the fact that we closed the team out, you know, that's a brilliant point. And I'm very happy you brought that up because we have had scenarios. Where, I mean, and this is the flip side of things, right, Pat? Like I just brought up the point a couple minutes ago that, you know, a team scores, we finally play. But, you know, when we score we kind of shut down a little bit, you know, even in that West Ham game, when we were up twice in that game and somehow lost that day. Um, so I it was great. Oh, and it's just all together. This is coming together to, you know, solve our, some of our past week's problems. And I think it's just a culmination of, of happiness at the moment, especially because we were down, you know, and, and our mood wasn't the best the past couple weeks and rightly so, you know, because we weren't playing the level we should be and the level we know we are capable of. And I think you saw that today. So let's get to the players now, Pat. Coming out of the second half, you know, Thomas Chuko gave this team hope. I mean, maybe, you know, something like a rocky talk, a motivational speech, you know, and, and tonight is your right. Now go out there and take it. Um, and, you know, against Spurs, of course, it's a rivalry that we cannot lose these types of games. You know, Tottenham have only won one time at Stanford Bridge in 37 attempts make that now. And so, you know, this is, you don't want to be, remembered as the team who loses the Tottenham at the bridge. Let's highlight the defense. I think this is a moment to do that because of course there's so much to talk about, you know, going forward, but, and I know this is still, we're still trying to uh, comprehend the game and let it sink in a little bit because I mean, we were recording literally 
45 minutes after the post, you know, after the game finished. So, you know, this isn't as structured as usual, but I mean, this is why I love doing these kinds of podcasts, especially after a victory. Let's start off with Milan Sar Patrick, because this is a guy was a text away from, you know, getting on a plane and moving on loan this season. He's come back into the, not only knowing that, you know, he wouldn't get those minutes, but when he has gotten those minutes, he stepped up, you know, even going back, I think his debut against Brentford clean sheet, you know, has come in in maybe not his favorite position at almost like a left back in a four today, put in a shift. You know, this is a guy who Chelsea, I feel like kind of bought for profit in the next couple of years. And, you know, his stock's only going up now, especially because he's playing really good. But this is a guy who I want to see succeed at the club because I, I feel like he has that passion. He showed a little bit of shithousery recently. Uh, I think he's learned from Rudiger a little bit in that aspect of things, Patrick. But I mean, let's highlight Milan Sar's performance today because he was on that left-hand side. Have something like Harry Kane run at you. A guy like Steven Bergwijn, who's quick. He controlled them. Even Matt Darty seemed like he was kind of playing like right wing for Tottenham today. It was really far forward. But Sar in the back four, he was composed. Maybe not as playing his favorite position, but he's putting in shifts. It seems like every time he's on the pitch, Patrick, for us the past couple weeks. Yeah, first of all, happy 23rd birthday to Lang Star. Uh, so, uh, you know, so uh, big shout out to the man today. Uh, unfortunately, he also got a bit of a, st- a stomp on his ankle that I wish would have gotten a second look at. VAR, we can maybe get into that later. But um, a- anyways, I guess I should be quiet about that. But um, anyways, uh, 23rd birthday, he gets, he, gets, he gets his ankle stomped on by, I believe it was Doherty, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, still puts in a shift. He, he, he shakes off that injury and he, you know, the thing about Melangstar is this, I'm never going to say like he's world-class yet, but he, we need, we need someone in there who knows how to defend and to do a job. And that's exactly what Melangstar has done to me every time that he's, that he's come in and um, he's, he's done a job. He's, he's come in and he's, He's not put a foot wrong. You know, he, he makes the errant pass every once in a while, but he's, but you know, you could say that about a lot of people and he's come in and he's done a job. And in a time when we've needed someone to come in with the likes of the injury to Ben Chilwell, you know, we've even had to call like the likes of Kennedy back because of, of the lack of depth. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, who do we bring in as cover, you know, if Marcus Alonso needs your rest or, you know, if something, Oh, you know, happens to him. And, you know, there's been talk of Emerson, there's been talk of Ian Motson, there's been talk of, uh, you know, a lot of guys, but, you know, Malang Sars just come in and he's, he's been trusted by Tomas Tuchel and he's, I've been very impressed and where he is now from where he was at the beginning of the season. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was in Porto's B team last season mm, when he went on, yeah. when he went on low. I mean, I remember so, too, sorry to cut you off there, Patrick, yeah. but his performances in the preseason were not up to it. I mean, he, was not looking great, even in that back three with structure. I mean, I think yeah. he's learned a lot this season. And I mean, sorry, I just, once again, sorry for cutting you off right there, but it's almost like Tuchel's kind of flipped his FIFA career mode switch because he's slowly but surely converted him to something of a left back. And for me at the moment, especially against teams who might not be the best going forward. Don't show that much ambition. You know, maybe this was a game for Alonzo to play, and maybe it didn't make sense for him to play because we knew that we kind of have a lot of the possession. Give me Milan Sar as that starting left back at the moment. I mean, I love his solidity and defense. I think he looks confident. And this isn't anything for Marcus Alonzo's sake, but I mean, 
talk about a guy who can give you a shift and, and give Alonso a rest, you know, cause he's been playing a lot of minutes recently, Patrick, even, you know, in the yeah. cup games and in the semifinal of the Carabao ties against Tottenham. So, I mean, I'm just impressed with the fact that, you know, it takes a lot of, takes a lot from you to know that you're not going to be playing a lot of minutes throughout the season, but what you're called upon in a different position that you're used to and you step up, I, that shows a lot of heart for me. And I, I really respect that from him. Um, so any, any last thoughts on Alonso? I mean, two clearances today, two yeah. aerial duels, one 94% accurate passes, two long balls accurate. It looks like he was, you know, finding the likes of Hudson on that left-hand side. It took him a little while to, I think that that relationship hopefully can develop a little bit more. It looks like they haven't really put that many minutes with one another, but I mean, when he was with all the pawn and we talked about this once again, I mean, but when people were dribbling at him, the few chances that Tottenham got, he was able to stop on that left-hand side. So, I mean, any last words on Milan? Sorry, going forward, because I think he can be a really valuable option because we're going to be, I mean, Patrick, we still have a lot of games up in the season, you know, and, and, and we can't be playing Alonso every match. No, and I think that's a good point. I think this is also, I think Malang Sar playing well is also a, a, a good help to Marcus Alonso because when does Marcus Alonso play his best? When he, when he isn't comfortable, when he, when he has competition at his position, that's when he brings, that's when Marcus Alonso brings out his best form. And that's when he brings out his, his best effort. Because a lot of times, Marcus, where does Marcus Alonso want to play? He wants to play up the pitch. Like to me, no disrespect to him, but like the, like defense is second to him to trying to get forward and, you know, get those, you know, those free kicks and those, you know, crosses in that he's so good at, but you know, defense to me is always kind of like a secondary thing to him. He, he will put in a shift. I'm saying that he can't defend at all, but I'm just saying, I think that he, he enjoys the offensive part of the game more than the defensive than the defensive part. And I think that a Malang star, an informed Malang star is going to bring the best out of Marcus Alonso, because I think Tomas Tuchel will send that message that, for example, playing Malang Sar against City, playing Malang Sar against Tottenham, that this is viable competition for that left back spot and that whoever's in the best form is going to play. And I think that Tomas Tuchel, for the most part, has done that regardless of position. Whoever's in form is going to get the games. I mean, we saw that with the Ben Chilwell and with the Ben Chilwell and uh, uh, Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso started the season because Ben Chilwell was low on confidence or you know he needed time to get ready. Then Ben Chilwell started playing well and he came in. So it's a merit, it's a merit-based system. And if Malang Sar is playing, you know, keeps playing as well as he has, he has every right to try to make that left back spot his own. So at least for the rest of the season until Ben Chilwell gets back. But I think competition's good for everyone. And you know, just big credit to Malang Sar and happy birthday to him once again. But I thought he put in an excellent shift today and he deserves that he deserves the playing time he's been getting. Patrick, I mean, you're bringing up some great points, especially on the Alonzo front. You know, the fact that, you know, at the moment he's like, yeah, we're playing this three-back system. I really fit this win-back role. Chuo's out. I'm going to be starting every single Premier League game, you know, racking up that salary. But now, Patrick, and I don't even think it's really an argument, the fact that, you know, it seems like at the moment we are playing our best football with more attackers on the pitch. And that, in that case, is a back four. I mean, Sar looks more comfortable than Alonso ever has in a back four. And I know it's in the early stages. I don't want to get too overreactionary, yeah. but you know, yeah. going forward in some point of a system like this, which allows our attackers to thrive more, especially get someone like Hakim Ziyech. I mean, if this is going to be how we win games, Patrick, Sar for me is left back one in that back four. So I mean, going forward, it's just great to see him 
putting in shifts, but I think the main point, like you said, Alonzo thrives the best when he has competition. And don't be surprised now to have Alonzo come back and put in some more decent shifts because he knows that spot's not guaranteed anymore. So, I mean, great point with the fact that Milan's are. Let's move on now, you know, to the rest of our defense a little bit because I think we want, we're going to get into the attack a little bit later for a little, little bit of a segment. And I know I'm sorry I'm not really talking about the goals and all the great attack and play at the moment, but I really think our defense needs a bunch of recognition because, you know, we talked about Silva, of course, being pushed down for the Harry Kane goal. Rudiger asked for the Quetta, you know, the guys who have got, especially asked for the Quetta, someone who's gotten a little bit more criticism recently. And of course, he's not his former self, right? He's not going to be able to do the things that he once was able to do. But he put in a great shift today. And I think, I mean, of course, he's the person who knows best this rivalry. Saw a stat that Aspilicueta has never lost to Tottenham in that one game that we did lose to them in 2018, Pat. He wasn't on the pitch. And so he knows what this game means to the, these fans. And even if it is, you know, one or two performances in, in the game where Chelsea needs to step up, they needed to unite and get the three points. The captain of the club, you know, put in a good performance. I know it maybe didn't provide the prowess going forward that all the fans would like to have. But once again, you know, causing the chaos in the box. I think Mediano tweeted out, maybe it was Dan today, that, you know, we always, when we went up against City, we always complained about the fact that, oh, Fernandinho, he puts in all these challenges. You know, he never gets booked. Aspliquita did a really great job with that today, and it was really cool to see him kind of get in the shithouse action, you know, because he, you know, he's getting some powers, but he's such a smart player, Patrick, and didn't get booked, put in a good shift. Um, so your thoughts on, on our club capture, you know, when we really need him the most to unite the fan base. I know it's one performance, and I know I seem really excited at the moment, guys, but it's just the fact that this three points was so vital going into somewhat of a break. Aspilicueta is the club captain. He knows what this game means. Thoughts on um, the skipper today, Patrick, and, you know, we're going to need to rely on him for a little bit more, a couple more games, of course. You know, he might take a little bit of backseat once Reese James comes back. But, I mean, at the moment, he's honestly not our problem, Patrick, because let's let's keep it real. The most goals we've conceded in the past couple of weeks has been one. I know we haven't been again that many points. But, I mean, hands up for the defense, and, and we'll talk about Sylvan Rudiger maybe in the next segment. But, I mean, let's give some praise to cap, a club captain knows what this game means to him. I know I'm sounding like a broken record. However, I think he deserves some props today, especially after some criticism in the past couple of days. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great segue. I mean, he's definitely been under I've, – I've definitely seen a lot of talk out there about how Aspie's done and Aspie's finished. But you know, And, you know, honestly, this is not the first time this has happened with Aspie. You know, there's been people in previous seasons where they say he's just lost a step and he's – and that – he's done at the club, but every time he seems to have some kind of renaissance and, you know, I'm not saying that's necessarily what we have today. Cause yeah, he did. He has struggled in the last couple of weeks with, with pace and keeping up with people, but you know, John Terry wasn't really that fast of a player in, in his last days at Chelsea either, but there's something called what there's some, there, there's a part of the game that I like to call positioning, which, um, which Cesar Aspilicueta brings into the team. He, he knows, you know, he's the first person that would know He's not going to be able to keep up with some of these speedy wingbacks and wingers. So he changed, but, but he is so smart and he's, his positional awareness is so outstanding to me that he makes up for it. And he's up for these one-on-one -on -one scraps. And he, uh, and today I thought he was at his best with that. I mean, you know, you didn't hear, you didn't hear a lot out of the left side of Tottenham's attack today. And part of that was thanks to Aspie. And 
he would I think the Fernandinho comparison was great because uh, Ashby was really on that borderline of getting a of, of getting a, a yellow card and I believe probably the same telecast that you heard they even said I'm surprised that Ashby hasn't gotten a yellow card yet today and uh, it might have been Graham Lasso I don't know but um it, it, but honestly it it just goes to show that uh you know Ashby is always up for these kind of games and he's he's just the consummate professional and he Every time I'm never going to say count him out, you know, I think he's, you know, I will, I will judge on the game if he has a poor game, but I'm never going to question like his positional awareness or his professionalism, because, you know, I think his best position is going to be in one of the back central three, but one, one reason that Aspie has been so valuable to this club is he's been willing to go to any position in the defense to try to help the team. He, he always, he's always team over individual. And I mean, this is a man that's played left back for Chelsea. He's played right back. He's even he's even deputized in the cent- in, a, in, a, in a center two. He's played in a center three. He's basically played in any kind of defensive formation that you can play at at Chelsea. And he and, and he puts in a shift. He always performs. Is he as fast as he used to be? No. But but you know that but as players age and this is such a fast and demanding league, that's going to happen. And I think what he lacks in that it's kind of like Tiago Silva and that he makes up for it with brilliant positional awareness and uh, knowledge of the game and to have that, have that in your locker and, and in your team, in your team, I think it's, I think he's so valuable to us still because, you know, we don't see the things that he does off the pitch for players too. I mean, he's, he's a consummate professional. He loves the club and he, and he's always going to give you, even if he's not at his best on the day, you can never question what kind of effort he's going to give you. He's going to give you, he's going to give you 110% each and every time he's on that pitch because he loves this club so much. And he's, he's not always the most outspoken captain, but he is like what he is outspoken through his actions on the pitch, in my opinion. Yeah. I just wanted to bring him up, especially because, and, and this doesn't change, you know, much about his future at the club and what he can find in the next, you know, two, three seasons, because I think we all know, um, that he's kind of run out of his time at Chelsea, but while he is here and for the remainder of the six months, if he does end up leaving this summer, Patrick, he's going to put his heart and soul into all of it. And I just wanted to give him a little bit of prop because I think people and, and, and a little bit, rightly so they've, they've been critical of him, you know, especially in that win back role. Can he really fulfill that? Um, I think he's probably better in a back free at the moment, but I mean, right back today, did a pretty damn good job. So props to Aspil Equata. Um, we talked about the shit hazard, three fouls, two tackles, and no yellow cards. And those three fouls and two tackles were pretty aggressive, but that's what you do when you're a club captain. And that's how you win these types of games. You got to get physical, got to get in Spurs' heads. And we were, because they were complaining a lot to the referees. And I'm really happy to see that Chelsea are doing that a little bit more often, especially in these rivalry games. Let's move on, and I'm gonna get, I, I'm gonna get to Rudiger's performance a little bit later because I think, there's, of course, there's another bigger story with Rudiger at the end of the game. Of course, unfortunately, it's a sadder story, not with his performance, but just the general, just what the incident. So we'll get to Rudiger a little bit later. Thiago Silva, um, Patrick Larson, might be one of my favorite Chelsea players of all time, and he's only been here for a year and a half. I mean, there's just not enough words to describe this man and the fact that he loves our football club. And, you know, of course, the goal puts all the more emphasis against that. He loves scoring against Spurs, am I right? I mean, he did it against in September, the same kind of set piece. And another great performance shift today. You know, we saw the controversy with Kangle, um, but just positioning. I mean, one of the smartest players out there. 
and still one of the best center backs pound per pound in the Premier League at age 37. I mean, it's just one of those players where you can't put a word to him, Patrick, because that doesn't really describe just how great he is. And one word doesn't put, you know, one physicality or characteristic doesn't really do, do him right. And then he gets the goal again today. And regards to that, his performance was amazing. Anyways, you know, on the left-hand side in the back four, people were questioning, oh, Thiago Silva, you know, and Tuchel's, of course, to come out about this too as well. You know, he's playing a lot of games. He's probably best protected in the middle of a back three. I mean, he is performing in any role that he's been asked to in these past couple weeks. The goal, of course, adds some more emphasis. You know, one interception, four out of four aerial duels, one, three long balls accurate. I think you're seeing, especially the likes of Rudiger and Silva, look for those outlets on the on the in the width on the on the byline and on the sidelines more often now, and that's uh, giving us a little bit more of a tag and fret going forward. But I mean, this guy, I mean, kissing the badge, the whole thing. I just we got to give this dude props because. I know he's only been at Chelsea for a year and a half, but in these bigger games, he tends to stir up and he never really puts a foot wrong. And it's just like, there's, I'm not going to describe him with one word, Pat, because he's just, he's just a gift is what I'm going to call him. He's just a gift to this football club. Your thoughts on Thiago Silva. And I, and I, I know listeners were, we're popping up all these players after some somewhat of a bad form, but I mean, I just want to appreciate in the moment, you know, just how damn good of a center back this guy is. He's 37 years old and he's playing in all these different formations and he shut down one of the best strikers in the world today in Harry Kane. Didn't really give him a sniff. Couldn't really get into the game. Someone like Bergwin, you know, is coming off of all this confidence. Did he play today, Pat? Bergwin played today. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, Silva, though, I mean, just take it away. Well, I think you used the perfect term for him in terms of a gift. Because, I mean, how in the world PSG allowed that man to just leave on a free that's Tiago Silva is not a man that you let leave on a free. And I'm sure Tomas Tuchel was thinking it was Christmas, you know, when he came in and he saw that, you know, he never wanted Tiago Silva to leave PSG in the first place. I mean, that was a point of contention that he had with Leonardo and the P and, and the powers that be at PSG was that they just let Tiago Silva go by, you know, not offering him the kind of contract that he felt he deserved as a long time, long time player at that club. But PSG's loss is Chelsea's gain. And, he, I mean, if we've played in any kind of competition of a game that didn't involve the, a team called West Brom, he's, he has not had a bad game this club. And he, I mean, every time you think, oh, he's, you know, before he came, oh, he's too old for this league. He's not going to be able to keep up with the pace of the attackers. I'm like, did we forget how cerebral this man is? This man, this man reads a game better than any defender in the world for me. I mean, I still think he's one of the best defenders in the world, even at age 37. And he's showing it in one of the toughest and fast-paced leagues in the world. I mean, he offers everything. He's, he's an attacking threat, you know, from, as we saw today. He knows how to marshal a back line. He, he, you, see him, you see him off the ball. He's, he's, he's communicating with players. And I can only think that he that thinks of Malang Sar, Antonio Rudiger, Andreas Christensen, even Cesar Azpilicueta, these, these players are better having played with Tiago Silva. And we've already made a huge signing for next season by, by getting Tiago Silva to extend by another year. I mean, I think you said it perfectly, Shane. There's no, there's no shortage of good words that you can say about this man. He's a gift to our football club. His family is a gift to our football club because not only has he bought in, but his wife, you know, Bill Silva, his sons, they, they've all bought into 
being part of the Chelsea family. And something that I enjoy more, almost more than anything that he does on the pitch. Have you noticed recently him going over to appreciate the supporters? And he's going and he's going over and clapping the supporters and putting his heart, putting his hand on the badge and over his heart and telling them thank you. And you're hearing, oh Tiago Silva. Oh Tiago Silva. I mean, it's just it's it's such a beautiful thing. And I I get teary-eyed, honestly, seeing him in front of our fans. I think what was it? One of the most recent games, he was like in front of the supporters for like 10 minutes, couldn't leave. And you know you can play like crap for for the club, but if you're there and you're appreciating that those fans, that those supporters have traveled to the game, that they've spent their hard-earned money to come to the game, and he's thanking them. When English is not his first, you know, is not his first language, by the way, but he's he's still communicating and he's trying. He's saying thank you, and he's you know he's he's doing all the right things, and he's he, he's resonated with fan base because he does those little things. He does the little things on the pitch. He does the little things off the pitch. He shows appreciation to the whole club. And I mean, like you said, there's no other better way to deter- to describe him than a gift. And we are so lucky to have Tiago Silva um, at, at Chelsea Football Club, not only last season, not only this season, but also, as I'm happy to say, for next season. And Patrick, I'm, we're going to speak this into existence I think, you know, Diago Silva might retire in Chelsea Football Club. Make him a coach. I mean, make this guy a coach for Chelsea Football Club, an assistant, um, whatever facility you want him to, to, to fulfill, because it seems like his family is very happy in London. And, of course, he's got kids, you know, who are trying to get into academy football. But, I mean, just keep this guy around the facility, whatever you can do. I don't care if he won't be on the pitch. Make him Make him a big part of this football club going forward because I mean it's just I, I love the guy and I don't want him to ever leave. I, I I don't want him to ever leave. Um so and and once again I'm gonna bring up the point the fact that I know we are you know putting these players on a pedestal after some tough performances and, and not some great showings. However, do you best believe I'm gonna enjoy a drubbing of Spurs anytime I get it in whatever situation. So I don't even care at this point, Patrick. Um, let's move on. Let's move on to Keppa. Another clean sheet. I think we talked about the defense's performances and recently, um, he hasn't really been the problem. He's had a really great past couple of weeks when we've needed him and he made some decent saves today. You know, I, I can recall a header from Harry Kane, um, that I think he got injured on a little bit too later in the game. So he really had to stretch his, his, you know, gloves out for that one. He's making more of the save that he wasn't a couple of years ago. And there's just that, once again, we've talked about confidence, Patrick. This is a guy who has grabbed off confidence that he's built over these past couple of weeks. And we're talking about competition. You know, Edouard Mendy is coming back in a couple of weeks. You can make the argument that Kepa can start over Mendy in a couple of these games because he's had such great performances. Now, I know that might not be the case, but to have someone like Kepa completely on Mendy's shoulders the whole time in training once he comes back, there's no complacency there. And I just think that Kepa deserves to get credit because he has had some really tough times in Chelsea and some really bad behavior. Fans have shown him some really bad behavior and some really unfair behavior. But once again today, making saves in the box, you know, that he that he has been the past couple of weeks, another clean sheet for him. And the big thing for me is just the confidence factor for Kepa. I think he can really take this going forward. And he's another player in our depth that, you know, we can rely upon. 
So I just want to give credit to Pat. I just want to give credit to Kepo, Pat, um, and your thoughts on, you know, his two saves inside the boss. Yeah, I think he's been a little bit better too recently with distribution. I mean, I think he struggled with that in his early Chelsea time, but he doesn't seem to be that under that much pressure or having a little bit of the yips anymore. Um, but I just, I, I want to give props to Kepo when, when we can, because he's a guy that I think really, really needs some back in and he really appreciates that back in. Um, so thoughts on Kepa once again, what you brought up earlier, Pat, relying to the goal, uh, applying to the goalkeeping situation. You know, Mendy comes back, he's going to have Kepa uh, making him a better player. And I think Mendy's really made Kepa a better player too in training. Another great asset to have going forward, playing so many games. Yeah, I think great points from you on Kepa. I think he's been a consummate professional this season. I mean, for a guy that's been in the reckoning to be starting for the Spanish national team with David De Gea, you know, in recent, you know, in, in, in recent, in the recent last year or so, there's been competition, you know, with, uh, with, with uh, Luis Enrique over there, you know, at the national team level um, for him to accept, I mean, you obviously want to start. We know that. I mean, he, you know, I think with his mentality, he, he, you know, I would question if he didn't want to start, but the fact that he knows at least for this season that he's kept it so professional and he's, and he's worked with, he's worked with Edward Mendy and with, um, with, with Bettinelli. And there seems to be a really good rapport among our goalkeeping crew at the moment and with our, with our goalkeepers and that they all support each other. I love to see that. And what was one of the biggest question marks that we had about our season as a whole before the season even started? We were worried about Edward Mendy going to go into AFCON and that we were going to have to play several big games with Kepa and goal because people had concerns about him having the yips, his, his ability to, to stop shots from distance. And I know people are going to say, but what about the, what about the Kevin De Bruyne goal? I'm not even sure that Mendy would have saved that. I mean, that was, you know, sometimes you have to give credit where credit's due and that it's just a good shot and that Kevin De Bruyne is a world-class player. That's just my thoughts on that. And there's no, there, I'll get off of that because that's up for debate, but in terms of today, I think it's harder to put in a good goalkeeping performance when you don't have a lot of shots coming your way. I think that a lot of times when it's when when you're busier, you, you're 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 really on top of it and you're expecting shots and that you're in better form when you're when you are having when you are being tested with shots, whether from distance or you know you know you know chances from corners, whatever it might be, or from crosses. But you know there weren't a lot of chances from from uh, from Spurs today. You know, beyond that, beyond that, Harry Kane uh, rightfully called off goal, and um, I'll call it a no goal. I don't even want to give Spurs credit for a goal, but um, but yeah, but Kepa really, I think, has been showing a lot more command in the back. I think that he's he's more assured, as you say, in distribution. Like I'm not as nervous when when the ball gets passed back to him, and you know he's making a smart pass. He's not trying to he's not trying to do anything unnecessary. And I think that he's, you know, what's this now? His, is this his third clean? Did, did he, correct me if I'm wrong. He played all three games against Spurs recently, right? Didn't, yes, didn't he, he play? Did. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. so three clean sheets against Spurs, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, if that, and, and also, I'm sorry to cut you off, Pat, but yeah. if you remember too, back in September when we went to Tottenham, he actually floated in that day because I think Mendy was, was injured or something was up with him. And you got the clean sheet that day as well. So four this season against Spurs. There there you go. Even better. And I mean, if you, if you get four clean sheets against Spurs, you're going to have the, you're going to have the supporters on your side. 
And what I appreciated about him today too, I've talked about his professionalism, along with Tiago Silva, who was one of the players that went over to clap, clap the fans. And for a guy that's been through many, through several ups and downs with the club, you know, we all know what those are. We don't need to rehash them, but the fact that he's shown such professionalism this season with the position that he's in right now. And when he's been called upon, you know, like the, helping us win the super Cup, helping us in games where we need someone he's, I mean, you know, he's, he's helped us and he's been an important part of this team. You know, make no mistake about it. You know, I, I love Edward Mendy. I think that, you know, we're lucky to have him at this club too. And he's been excellent when he, you know, all season as well, but, you know, let's not forget about the job that Kemp has done and how he's really put the team or his own individual ambitions. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the summer with all that, with that situation. But I just, like you, I think he deserves credit and, really for anything, not just his good performances, but his professionalism and not causing problems at the training ground either. I mean, he's, you know, Tomas Tuchel said it himself. He probably deserves more chances than he's even gotten. And if he were a position player, he would have, he would have had those chances, but it's, it, it's really unforgiving sometimes at the goalkeeper position. If you have a guy that's in form, you roll with the, with the hot hand and Mendy has been stellar. I mean, you know, he's winning awards for, you know, Europe's best goalkeeper. I mean, you know, that's what's keeping Kepa out of the side. So that's nothing against Keppa. It's just that Mendy's played really well. But you make a good point. Competition brings the best out of everybody. And when Edward Mendy gets back from AFCON, he's going to have to know that he's going to have to play at his best or Keppa will be there, you know, ready to come in if he's called upon. You no, know, we've spent, you know, a considerable amount of time on, on this defense, but I just feel like, you know, there's going to be so much headlines about the attack, you know, and, and rightly so. And we have given them a little bit of praise and maybe I won't go into every single uh, player specifically like I did on the defense side of things. But I just think the defense has the ball needs so, so much more praise because it can seem like, oh, wow, they didn't have a great game uh, because we, we had a draw. But I mean, they've been our best position group over Thomas Tuchel's tenure. And, and when we have been struggling, they still haven't been conceding that many goals. It's not their fault that we dropped to the likes of Brighton. We draw to the likes of Burnley. I mean, of course, they conceded a goal after we went up. But, I mean, we shouldn't be expecting them to have to concede no goals for us to win every match, you know, and um, to keep a clean sheet every match. You know, that's just not physically possible. Um, so, I, th- I just think they needed a lot of, a lot of – you know, praise, even, you know, today was all about the attack. So let's get into that. You know, I think Jorginho had a solid game today, you know, in a game where we had a lot of possession. I think he's a great player to, to utilize. Um, so just quick little bowling points on Jorginho and Kovacic. You know, I he was in forward advanced positions today, Patrick. And it was almost like a 4-1-4-1 because Kovacic was pushing up that left-hand side. Jorginho, you know, in a game where we had a lot of possession, I think Thomas Ducal made the right call. And even though we were questioning him, he made the right call, having more attackers and defenders on the pitch. And Kovacic looked good. Now let's get to the players I think we really need to highlight. And those are Mason Mount and Hakim Ziyech. I mean, this is probably Ziyech's best performance in a Chelsea shirt. The, the word you used earlier about the team, Pat, swagger. I think this is what Ziyech thrives off of, even when we haven't been playing the best. I mean, he seems like a guy who has a lot of confidence in himself, regardless of how he's playing good. You know, he'll whip a ball 40 yards across the pitch. Even if it doesn't work out, he'll do it again in the next five minutes. You know, he's got a lot of confidence in himself and only putting in better performances will help that. You know, it's just, it's just good to see players who haven't had the best of times perform for us recently. ZX now two goals in this last two Premier League games. 
Um, I think that's more than he had in the whole of last season, actually, in the league. So we talk about form. We talk about confidence. I know that there still hasn't been the levels that he wanted to reach after, but that's why, you know, these reactionary post pods are so great because we get to highlight the little other things, you know, that people, you know, of course are criticizing a lot um, on, on social, on, on, uh, on uh, social media platforms that we won't say the name of. Um, but I just, I think that he was just brilliant today and it was so much fun to watch, to watch Chelsea. I mean, I, I, it was just, I was screaming up and down. I was jumping. I was, all were an emotion like my my parents were like you know Chelsea won a corner Shane why are you like so up for it? I'm like this is great to watch you know this is great football um and so let's go to Ziet first we'll hit on Mount but um and I know I know this isn't <laughs> this hasn't really been you know a structure podcast but I just I just I'm I'm happy to be positive today and I'm happy that we got to win over Spurs but just and I know this is a little bit of exciting before I hand over to you Pat but I mean Ziek, there's not enough good things to say about him today. He was able to have a stand innovation when he went off. It looked like there was a, I was, it was, I was very scared at the end of the game. I'll tell you that when he kind of grabbed his leg or whatever injury he had, it looks like he's going to be okay. Um, Cause that would have continued the trend of Ziek having one of his best performances. Then he gets injured in that same game, um, i.e. leads last December. So the goal today, I mean, just magnificent. I mean, you can't say enough things about that, but I mean, I think separate from that, you know, we've seen ZX kind of be a moments player. And of course that goal was so great, but what I loved so much about him today, Pat, was the fact that he was getting everyone involved and he was putting those crosses into the box. He was creating big chances. You know, he was taking shots regardless if they were, you know, on target or not. He was making chances. He was making opportunities for his teammates, you know, nine ground duels one even as well. And I know he loses possession a lot. And I know he's a very frustrating player to watch it sometimes, but for me, Aside from the goal today, Patrick, was what I was most impressed with and what I'm most happy about Ziyech is seems to be hitting his try with his, with, his, uh, with his teammates. And then, of course, probably our goal of the season. And we've always seen him, you know, kind of take that shot. It finally fell for him today, which is so great to see. Um, but, I mean, just a magician. And, and just it was so much fun to watch Chelsea play football today. And he was one of the main reasons why. I think you're absolutely spot on. I, I I would say the same thing. First of all, about what you said, you you talked about me taking the words out of your mouth. Well, you took the words out of mine when you saw him grab his leg and you're like, oh no, not again. Like when he scores goals against Leeds, when he scores against City, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, you're always afraid, you know, because, you know, that's something to remember is that, you know, it takes time to get back to match fitness. And it seems like whenever preseason two, he was really good. Hit, mm. Preseason, yeah. And whenever he's hit like purple patches of form that it's interrupted by an injury or an aggravation. And, and then, and you think it's only going to be out for a game and he ends up, ends up being out for a few weeks. And you know, that, that has to be frustrating for him. So uh, today I agree with you. I, you know, the goal was world was a worldie. We know that. I mean, it was, it was a piece of magic that we know he has in his locker. He, he, you know, he proved that at Ajax. I mean, he's, he's always been this kind of player. I mean, he didn't just all of a sudden become this kind of moments player at Chelsea. I mean, he's always been that, that way. You would, you talk to Ajax fans, he'd drift in the, in the, in the Eredivisie, he would, he would drift out of games there too. He would have four bad games, but then he would come in with pieces of magic. And that's what you remember. Well, today, I agree with you. I think that the best part of Zdiash's performance was that he was bringing other people into the game. He was creating chances for other players. But what I loved the most it was his work rate. He was, he was getting back, and like you said, 
putting in tackles. And he was he was winning, he would lose the ball, yes, because that's what Hakeem Ziesh does. We know that. But he was also winning the ball back. And when he would lose the ball, he wouldn't just stop. He would go and work to win the ball back and he would press. And I think that's what Tomas Tuchel is going to love the most is that, you know, sometimes with, with Ziesh, you feel like he's only worried about the offensive part of the game. And that's why you have him because he can have those moments to magic. But when that pass isn't on, it can be very, very frustrating to watch. Today, he, his pass was on, his cross was on, his shot was obviously on. And I mean, like I said, he almost had a brace if it weren't for Hugo Lloris, you know, great reactionary save. Cause I mean, there was, there was some spice on that ball when he hit that one. And it, um, I was surprised it didn't go in. And uh, yeah, I mean, the shot was delicious as they always say on ESPN FC, like it was like, that was a tasty finish, but, um, but yeah, the work rate off the ball to me today was, was superb from him. And as our, as our friend Matisse would always say, I'm going to praise an isolation here because I want to see it more over a long-term period, but you got to give the man props for today, at least. I mean, he's, you know, I, th- I think he'd probably be mad the match just because I'd say his overall game, yes, the goal, but also just his overall work rate today, I thought was, was first rate. And, you know, he was the guy that, that we're going to remember from today and deservedly so. And his moment wasn't just, you know, in the 47th minute, his moment was from minute one to minute 90. And that's yep. what I want to see more of ZX from. And I know, you know, this can take a little bit. These, what we're saying can be a little bit taken out of context because there are no, of course the performances haven't really been there from the attack, but I'm going to enjoy while they are. And I'm not really one to get all that reactionary, but I'm just, I'm always so happy when we beat a rival and when we put in a good performance that makes me, you know, smile. And I, I just, I loved watching the team play today. I was like, can this game go on for more than 90 minutes, please? Um, so, and uh, interestingly enough, Pat, you know, it is, is, isn't it funny, you know, that finally, you know, Chelsea have finally been given two days off, Pat. I mean, isn't, it's just a crazy thing. And, you know, uh, they, they play their best game of the season. I mean, it's just, it's a funny thing how that works, isn't it? You know, we, we get time off yeah. and you actually get to rest and, and, and actually wait, play good. wait, Surely they were going to schedule a game like, you know, with one day's rest, right? Because, you know, unlike every other, unlike, besides City, unlike every other team, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a game postponed because we sent players out on loan and, you know, and we, we said we had, in, you know, we, we said that I've never seen a game stop because of injured players and only mm, one player. Yeah. Unfortunately out with COVID, but that's, Damn, I mean, our center what? bid, I mean, he got a red card. We, we can't play the yeah. next match. Oh, yeah. You know, what that feels like his 50th red card for your club, but okay, you know, whatever. Um, you know, what do, what, what do I know? I'm just a Chelsea mm. supporter. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we've played the most games in all competitions of any English team. Yeah, no, I mean, it's this season, like this 2021, 2022 season, I think it's like 40 or 36 games or something like that at the moment. Um, yep. That's the most in all of Europe, um, which is just, yeah. you know. And- well, I'm not surprised. Mm. And uh, it's, and, you know, just a quick point on that. We have to remember, you know, I know that we get, we get really frustrated when we don't put in a good performance, but I will also say not really as an excuse. It's just a fact. Players are not machines. And, you know, there are going to be good performances and there's going to be not so good performances. And, you know, <laughs> you know, between, between injuries and everything else, I mean, I don't remember the exact quote, but Paul Merson from Sky Sports had a really, really good take on that. I thought, you know, it's not, I don't, I didn't really consider this like a, 
like a crisis that we've been in. It's been a it's been a tough run of form, no doubt about that. And we, Chelsea, we expect to fight for the title every season, and we should. But you know, like we don't have anything to play for. You know, we're we're in the final of the we're in the final of the Carabao Cup. We're playing for the Club World Cup. I mean, we're we've advanced in the FA Cup. So yes, I mean, is it frustrating the the league form? Yes, absolutely. But let's not act as if we don't have anything to play for. And you know, we have Tomas Tuchel, and I'm never going to count us out of anything as long as we have Tomas Tuchel. But yeah, it is. It, it, it's nice to see that you know they were able to get some rest. I think Tuchel gave them you know some maybe one or two days half off after that Brighton game. Um, they needed it, you know, because they have looked so tired, and you know that that contributes to performances. And you saw that today, and you know, very deserved victory, Pat. And looking at our fixtures coming up, we don't play another Premier League, I guess, you know, right now until the 19th of February. So, you know, we have some time away from that competition. I know it's quite it's crazy to say that in the context, of course, there's an international break in between that. So players will be playing minutes, you know, but I mean, just to get away from the chaos of the Premier League for a little while might not be the worst thing for Chelsea. And, and honestly, it's a good thing because we got momentum now and it is kind of, it is kind of funny and ironic that, you know, we do get momentum. Now we don't play another Premier League game for like a month. Um, but um you know, I'm just happy. I think that's a Chelsea. I, I think that's a Chelsea thing, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, this would have been nice to have three weeks ago. But I mean, regards to the yeah. fact, you know, I think as long as our team's putting in performances, I'm always, and I think you are as well, Pat, trying to look at the positive sides of the games. And um, I just, I wanted to celebrate this victory today because I think, you know, my, a lot of this might have been all over the place conversation-wise. We had so much fun talking about the game, a lot of laughs, and. Um, it's just, just this is why I love the podcast because it's just a conversation, phone call, and and but also the public gets to hear it, which is you know to their benefit because we've had a lot of fun today. Like I said, going forward in our fixtures, Plymouth on the fifth of February, international break in between then and now. And that's a home game, which is always nice to have. Then we go to the Club World Cup, and I think it's two games we're gonna have to play at the Club World Cup: the semifinal and the final, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, Mendy Correct. should be back for that game. We'll see if he plays or not. Um, but yeah, and, and it's, it is wild that we don't be able to play in a Premier League game for quite a long time. We got, we got a cup final coming up. Really looking forward to that. Champions League's coming back soon, Pat, which is, you know, one of my favorite competitions. And it's always great to have a knockout tie at Stamford Bridge with fans back now. I mean, it's just, that's, it's going to be awesome. Um, imagine if it still kills me, you know, knowing that there was no fans out of that shit, magical champions league run last season. But I mean, um, it's going to be special, you know, Lil, they're going to get, they're going to bring their a game, but you know, it was a nice draw for Chelsea, you know, especially considering we finished second in our group. Um, so there's and, things and, to look forward to. And, and, and considering we drew them twice since we yeah. had to, since they did, the, <laughs> since they did the redraw, we yeah, got Lil the first time and then, uh, corrupt, then we had to redraw corrupt yeah. organization. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, can we, can we, can we run the podcast with, uh, you know, I just wanted to know your thoughts on uh, a certain London Derby biggest game of the weekend being on Peacock for some of our American listeners out there. Uh, tell, Pat, tell me how you really feel. Tell me how you really feel. What do you want me to start? Do you want me to start with a two minute delay or do you want me to start we have to pay for yet another platform to try to watch, you know, uh, you know, to watch Chelsea. They're play. monopolizing the sport. How dare they? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I mean, I just think about how many, and I know we've talked about this um, off the pod chain. 
about how many different services and I'm, and I know there's going to be people in England that say like, you know, for the, for them, the three, the three o'clock kickoff, but for guess us, what, 10 though, Pat, 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 yeah, guess what? We're, we're, what? we're, we're a part of that problem because we buy all the services. <laughs> true, true, true. And I, uh, yeah, exactly. I, it's working. I know, I, it's I working. Part, I, yes. And I know it's part of the problem because I, yes, I do have, I do have a, at least a streaming package that includes, you know, games that aren't on Peacock. I also subscribe to Peacock Premium and ESPN, uh, ESPN Plus. Paramount. And, uh, Just, Paramount goes Plus. On. I have, I have every single one of them. In fact, I was just getting email about that my Paramount Plus yearly subscription is about to come up for renewal. So, and we all know that I'm going to keep it. So why even try to do anything about it? <laughs> even so, in the months um, where the Champions League football isn't going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No. Um, but it's yeah. It's been. Uh, you know, Peacock is frustrating because of that delay. If you're talking with anyone that's that, that's watching it in any other country, then you're hearing about a goal that we've either conceded or scored, you know, a good 90 seconds to two minutes before it happens on Peacock. And it's it's frustrating to say the least, even though I am part of the problem by subscribing to it. It, it you know, it's it's one of those, I don't know, I, I guess it's, it's going to be one of those things I had to get used to because I'm not going to not watch Chelsea and I'm not going to not subscribe to something that's showing that's showing Chelsea matches. So it is what it is, but I can't say I'm the biggest fan of the Peacock platform, but just because of the, just because of the delay. And I feel like I'm learning about everything. My mom will watch my mom and dad will watch it on live TV and she'll say Chelsea goal. And then I'm like, nothing's happened on my end yet. And um, yeah. So it's a it's everyone, an interesting no, experience. I don't know about you, but that's, yeah, that's everyone. That's my you know, just you know, it, and it's okay. Like we've gotten used to it, and I'm not. I'm not trying to, of course, you know, because we're 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 really lucky to be able to be able to you know yes. watch all those matches, especially the ten the ten a.m. ones, the three p.m. UK sure. times. You know, they can't sure. watch them over there. Um, I actually do think you know Peacock, and this well, this this is a conversation for another day, Pat. But I think Peacock out of ESPN Plus and Paramount is probably the best one. Just because, you know, Paramount and ESPN have seemed to have a lot of like, like not just delays, but like, just like not even showing the matches at, at points, you know, especially in our FA Cup run so far in our Carabao Cup. So, I mean, you know, let's give Peacock a little bit of credit. You know, NBC did sign that contract to keep us be able to watch the football. So, I mean, of course, you know, we can complain about it. My Wi-Fi is pretty slow as well. I think I've told you this before, Pat. Um, I turn my phone off. I turn all my electronic devices off. When I'm especially when I'm streaming it, you know, when I'm watching on television, maybe not. But I mean, I don't look at Twitter for the whole game just because I just don't want it to be ruined for me, you know. So do not disturb. You're not gonna hear from me yep, during the game. Peacock. Yeah, sorry yep, about that. Peacock. Um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on, like at least don't put the biggest. Key. I'm, I'm trying to watch this game on my television screen that's just a little bit bigger than my, you know, computer. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a conversation every day but i mean we we had to some we we had to somehow put in complaints in today's podcast pat you know we couldn't go a podcast without complaining about something it wasn't about the football though it was about the entertainment at the end of it so um it's it's just a chelsea thing we 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 are complainers um but you know rounding out the podcast pat um this was a bunch of fun man especially cuz i know you have another thing going on later today so i just appreciate you taking the time this was a bunch of fun we've had a lot of great conversations off the podcast, which I'm so happy that we were able to actually record. I want to, I want to interview and I want to have you on the podcast a lot more often. Cause I think, especially after wins, you know, and, and doing more of those little Twitter spaces things and stuff like that, you know, 
because this is a lot of fun. I think we have a lot of fun together and um, you just make me, you put a smile on my face every time we talk about Chelsea, regardless of the result. Um, and this, hopefully we can do it more often in the, in the future. So let me, let, let my listeners know, you know, where they can find your work for Twitter um, and some of, some of the, the content you've been putting out recently. And uh, hopefully my listeners can at least hear your voice in the podcast a bit more often um, in the near future, but stay out for, stay, stay tuned for Pat and I to do, you know, more of those Twitter spaces and um, maybe even, you know, Twitch live streams in the, in, the, in the future. But I mean, I just, thanks once again, Pat, for doing this. This was, this was a bunch of fun. You made my day, man. Well, Shane, first of all, thank you so much for letting me come on. I've been, you know, prop, big ups to you for what you've been doing, you know, with your rebrand of, uh, you know, and for those of you that I'm sure know by now, you know, our guy at Statman Shane, uh, you know, putting out, putting out those elite uh, stats about Chelsea and football statistics. I mean, you know, make sure you're checking Shane out. If you're checking out the podcast, He's got the Shane Holcomb show as well that he does for other sports. He doesn't plug himself enough, um, but, but, you know, he does, he does great with sports in general. He does great with Chelsea and with sports and he does great with stats. And I'm, I'm loving the rebrand. So big, big ups to you on that and all the great work that you're doing with all the other stuff that you've got going on and the, all the other demands that you have to take on. So big ups to you for what you're doing. And thank you for allowing me to come on your platform and on your podcast. It's really always an honor. Uh, if, as far as, as far as, my stuff, I'm doing match previews, match reviews. I try to do a series every now and then. I've got one that I'm kind of thinking about in the next next few weeks, trying to start up a new series because I, I don't like not having a series going on. I get bored and I don't, I want to put out more videos. And um, so I've, I've, been, I've been thinking of a few things to do and trying to think of something hopefully unique, at least in my own little way to do it. So you can find me on, you can find me at, it's at PTP underscore C-O-Y-B. And like I said, match reviews, match previews. Um, you know, sometimes I just want to see how everyone's doing and I'll try to put out a positive video, like happy Monday or something like that. Because really at the end of the day, we all have different opinions about Chelsea, but we're one community and, you know, we all want, we, at the end of the day, we all want Chelsea to win, right? We all want to have great conversations like this, Shane, and, um, you know, really had a lot of fun today with you. And I really appreciated, you know, not having necessarily a structure to this. Let's just revel in the fact that we beat Spurs because that's something we can all agree on, right? That we, that we beat Spurs. Like, you know, we have to keep, we have to keep showing them who the, who the, who the best team in London is because for some reason Spurs fans seem seem to forget that. And I, and I think it's good to just put them back in their place a couple of times every season. Yeah, I mean, I'm imploring all you guys, of course, to go support Patrick's work if you haven't already. You know, it's it's really criminal. I will say that it's criminal the fact that Twitter only gives the guy two and a half minutes to to, to speak in his match previews. I mean, they gotta come on, extend that time period. But Patrick does a great job, you know, and putting that all into condensed version, and and, and it, he really explains the game really thoroughly in only you know 140 seconds. So props to him for that. But come on, Twitter. I mean, if you're listening. Come, you got to give the guy more time to speak in his videos. I mean, just come on now. Um, but yeah, go support the guy. He's he's one of the best out there in the Chelsea community. He, and he always puts a smile on your face, regardless of how the club's doing. And I really, really appreciate that. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're all Chelsea fans, Pat, but we're also all people, you know. So um, just go give the guy support and go give all everyone support. And just let's have some, let's embrace this victory, especially, you know, not having Premier League game for a little bit while and let's and let's enjoy it you know um so props to you pat for coming on this was a bunch of fun listeners you can find me on twitter 
at Statman Shane. Um, my tweet prophesized today, you know, Antonio Conte has now become the eighth manager to fail uh, going back to Stanford Bridge. No toasted manager, previous toasted manager has ever beaten us coming back to the bridge. So no revenge for Mr. Conte. That's now three matches in a row. Um, and Shane, I believe we also gave him his first loss as Tottenham manager in the league, right? We did. We did, Patrick. Yeah. And a, I mean, you know, let's just, let me just, let me just throw another one in there. Yeah. Just in case. No, I mean, and, and thank you for bringing that up. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm, 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 I'm like a stats nerd and I like putting the cool facts out there. So thanks everyone to, you know, for supporting me and a little bit of rebrand. I know, you know, there's a lot of things I, I'm looking into, you know, during the future and, and hopefully get more consistent on at least the kind of content I put out, you know, but it just was sporadic, sporadic with um, what's going on in my life right now. Um, but, you know, I'm going to hopefully do a better job with connecting in the community. And I've loved Twitter spaces recently um, to connect with other people that maybe I haven't met before. So stay tuned for me on those. Instagram, really trying to go to grow this platform because it can be kind of tough for me at, at points, you know, to have interaction on Twitter. Um, but Instagram's been a great people where maybe I haven't had the biggest following or as big on Twitter, but it's a, it's a great platform for me to put out more, you know, graphic design things. And I've really embraced Instagram a little bit more recently. So go check out us um, on Twitter. I mean, on Instagram now at Statman Shane as well on Instagram. Go support the man on Insta. <laughs> the, the, the podcast is of course still the lot for Matthew Harden because I'll never forget that day um, in the lower East end. Um, against Everton a, a year back. I kept that name um, because I, I love it and I think it's got a ring to it. So just thank you guys for all the support. I really hope you enjoyed the Charlie Echoshare Athletic podcast. The best thing about that was we really didn't dwell on the preview that much. We talked about Spurs just in general, the situation with them. And he was really just just in general. And if Charlie, you know, if you're listening, just props to you because at the end of the day, you know, that, that, that guy, he's a really great dude. And, and I really appreciate the fact, you know, didn't have that much big of an ego, especially working at a pretty big uh, journalism company. So just get support Charlie. I know he writes about Spurs, but he does a really good job about it. Um, and at the end of the day, he's also just a really great guy. So I hope you enjoyed that podcast as well. Um, and hopefully, you know, you can still listen to it in the next couple weeks, even though maybe it'll be taken out of context. Um, but for Pat, it's Statman Shane coming at you with another edition of the Lab from Matthew Harden podcast. This was a blast today. I really hope you guys enjoyed this conversation, whatever you might be doing it. Um, just want to, once again, thank everyone for the support. Um, hopefully, you know, this little bit of time off football might help Chelsea. And uh, it was so much fun to watch them today and going forward. Just keep supporting the club, whatever the result. But keep on supporting the manager because these are tough times. Um, but we're battling through it. And another victory against Spurs because, guys, they get battered every damn way and every damn place they go um, so signing off for pat larson it's stat machine up the shelves guys hope everything's well with you and your family you're staying safe and all that stuff um but yeah it's just this was a lot of fun and uh holler at you guys later um up the shelves